The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I love just connecting with all of you intentional spirits, and you have such um, amazing energy, and I love how you interact with us and the various people that we have. We, we kind of come together, and we remind ourselves every week. We're like the elephants returning to their stomping grounds, if you will. We return every week to just that consciousness of, there is a difference between people who have good intentions and people who are intentional, like the New Year's list of the various things and then the, the uh, programs or exercise or diet or whatever it may be, love. Um, it really takes an intentional spirit to really carry those things through, regardless of externals or other situations in your life. And, and none other today are we talking to just a real dynamic, intentional spirit for sure. Kalyani is with us today. She is a singing uh, life changer and just this amazing, incredible spirit. Most people just simply call Kalyani an angel, so we'll leave it at that. Welcome to our show today, and thank you for being with us. Thank you, Temple. Thank you for, for having me here. It's, it's, it's a really a pleasure to be with you today. Well, as we um, move forward, and especially being on uh, Facebook Live, uh, often we get comments and questions and things like that. So I urge all of you to feel free to ask of those things and to be in that conversation with us because we're here both, uh, she and I are here to serve. That's what it's all about. So uh, for the benefit of our listening audience, um, how did you... Uh, tell us about your life. Tell us about your your story um, on your path. Well, my um, my story is it started very um, early. Um, I would say my spiritual journey that took me to singing started very early in Brazil. I was born in Brazil and uh, came here in my young adult life and. Um, Brazil, um, you know, was always a very, I was a very inquisitive child uh, and very curious about the nature of spirit. And I grew up in a country that was very mystical by nature, and, and I was exposed to a lot of experiences that um, were very unique, you know, very uh, transcendent um, I was surrounded by um, prayer circles in the Cardicist community or um, even witnessed trans-channeling and 
um, there was a lot of interesting uh, exposure, and I became more and more curious. And um, as a teenager, I dove deep into uh, exploring different um, uh, spiritual paths, and uh, I read a lot, and I was interested in everything that was occult. So I got interested in numerology, Kabbalah, and I attended churches, and then I went to, ended up taking yoga, and my yoga teacher was a Rosicrucian um, priest, and um, he had all these incredible books, and I, I delve into that, and then I, I got curious about um, energy and aura, and um, I loved the work of Barbara and Brennan, and even though I was in Brazil, her book had been translated. And as a teenager, I read that book as well. It's called Hands of Light. Yes. And I believed people could heal themselves with the touch of their hands. And um, um, I started to do that. I started to spontaneously volunteer to remove people's headaches away and pains and things like that. And for a while, uh, it started to really work. And uh, and I remember once my mother took me for a haircut. I was about 15 years old. And she said um, uh, the, the, the woman who ran the salon was a friend of hers, and she had terrible migraines. And I remember sitting on the chair, and she looked at me, and she said, oh, um, you know, uh, Kaliani can take it off. She can just uh, remove it. And everybody in the salon just looked at me like I was a bug <laughs> or an alien. And I remember becoming so conscious of it, I kind of uh, shut that down. I became self, self-aware. Um, and then I didn't, I didn't really um, stop my search. But um, it wasn't until after, you know, and then... Um, very, very early, too, like when I was about eight or nine, I had a, an experience of the void as well, where I I went into this state where I, I saw the planet, I saw the earth from afar. It's like an out-of-body experience. It was in the middle of the afternoon. I went wow. into my room, I lay down, and and I just started this voyage into the cosmos, and then all the planets started to disappear one by one, and then I was going farther and farther out, and then the galaxies started to pop and disappear, and I found myself in complete darkness. And I thought to myself, oh, this must be where God is. you know. And I found myself alone. I wasn't afraid. It was complete aloneness, complete darkness, and... I was just feeling the peace in that space. And then um, I I came to myself a little bit startled. My heart was beating really fast, and I sat up in bed. Um, and uh, I did not know who I was. I didn't know I had a name. Uh, everything lost. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I lost complete identity with anything. I didn't remember that I had a mother, I didn't know where I was, I didn't know my name, I didn't know my story, I didn't know the name to things. I was looking at my bedroom not knowing what that was, like what is this, where am I? And I was really, really young, so I got really scared. And I remember just jumping out of bed and running out the door and um, going to the street and just um, running, just um, 
hoping that I would start to gain a sense of something because I had no memory. Were you a teenager? No, Uh, I was about eight or nine. Uh, Oh. Around that time. That would be very frightening to be eight or nine and all of a sudden not... Nothing come in your mind about anything. Exactly. That must be very it was terrifying. Fun. It was yes. terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I I kind of hid that from everyone because I was so afraid of... I didn't have words to explain what happened. I didn't understand what happened. And then life went on, and, you know, uh, I went through all this curious phase where I was researching everything. I became more and more curious, like I told you, in my teenage years was a lot of exploration, uh, different uh, spiritual paths and reading a lot, and um, I wasn't quite the typical teenager. And then I, I went to college for psychology, and then I moved to the U.S., and I finished uh, my psychology degree here in California at UCLA, and I got married. And it was like a time where I became really grounded, and um, I became a mother, and uh, and that was, uh, I decided that it was a time for me to really um, just uh, be more in the world, because I was very much not very interested in the world for the earlier years and I think getting married and having a family brought me back to earth and um, it wasn't until and I put everything away I put my interests away because I um, my ex-husband I ended up divorcing him he was um, coming from a family that was half Christian half Jewish and he believed religion was, was something that created a lot of war and chaos and he cried sometimes telling me stories about his family being um, killed. His father, you know, was a German. Uh, he escaped um, the Kristallnacht, you know, um, and he was one of the few survivors of his family and survived by going to Brazil. So I had a lot of compassion for him, and he didn't understand the difference between religion and just playing spirituality or having a sense of connection with God and the divine. And so I, I just like it. Thank heavens! I, I right? Thank, mm-hmm. thank heavens! There is such a big difference. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why all of us are here, you know, mm-hmm. in this um, in this conversation. I, I just want to welcome uh, Charles with us and Carol and Mary Jo and, and Robert Clancy, the noted uh, author, uh, the master of love, uh, teaches the guide to the soul. So we want to welcome them. And they're excited and leaving lots of great comments for you, too. Uh, mm. Everybody is just really glad Wonderful. to be experiencing you today. And Yeah, it, you know, it's very interesting when I look at uh, sacred, sacred teachers and Difference makers, um, and, and having been interviewing difference makers, um, you know, for the last seven years, it, and and being uh, putting myself in there, of course, um, it's very interesting how some of us choose um, the most interesting relationships initially. Uh, we often do tend to pick people that they don't know who we are, and it's it's almost through that process. 
then we come to understand more of who we are. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. when you're when you're in a, a veil of non-understanding or um, you don't feel that you're seen, not because it's really about you. I mean, it certainly feels like us and felt like us at the time. But um, I lived long enough to say that it, it wasn't that any of those people didn't love us. They loved us to the totality of their being with their understanding of love. Exactly. Right? And we were just seeking um, a different definition of love. That's what we were called to do. But I'm grateful for that. I am now uh, (laughs) for that boot camp, if you will, or that uh, basic training that I went through in relationship that you're, you're like a... Uh, I don't mean it egotistically. I mean it only from soul work. But you're like a diamond in the rough, and there's so much roughness around that the diamond can't be revealed to them um, mm-hmm. because they, the diamond hasn't been revealed to them within themselves, of course. So mm-hmm. anyway, I just I just wanted to make note of that because I think that that applies to so many people and people that are listening is that um, – it's it's really not what's wrong with us. It's what what is right with us, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. We're just, um, you know, uh, it's how they say uh, God uh, has works in with chaotic perfection. Sometimes it, it seems like a not a fit, but it's just exactly the experience we needed to have to reach yes. our next level of understanding of our reality or. Um, you know, having a more complex um, inner structure, you know, and compassion. And and everything can be translated into love. It's just a matter of perspective. And and I knew that that experience was, um, was um, predestined because when I was 19, I had a dream that showed me um, my future in, in a certain way. And... Um, I didn't really realize that until a few years after my marriage when I understood what the dream meant and and I really knew that that was a divine appointment. So sometimes, you know, the universe has um, God, the mystery, has a, a very unique plan for us that our minds cannot sometimes understand, but it's meant to be. It's definitely meant to be, and I learned a lot from it. As we all do, there's no, there's never anything that's wasted. It's it's all a growing experience, right? Very absolutely. And I was just kind of um, there were there were a couple of things that were flowing when you were when you were saying that you know that this immense mystery of of what is ours you know for the taking is is that um, I've, I've come to realize more and more. You know, um, I I think for me, I had to really understand conceptually that surrendering doesn't mean giving up, mm-hmm. but it really means giving in mm-hmm. and giving in and letting go. Mm-hmm. And that's been a very powerful thing for me. And it, it's like once I really um, stopped, and, and there's been different layers of that growth, and I, I know you can, can relate, but um, once I stopped... Uh, trying to do my my job in creation and God's job in creation at the same time and and really just started being more it 
it really is pretty cool. My shamanic practitioner, um, she just died uh, a few months ago. And that was basically like her bedside story, that of all the things she had uh, created or done in her life, that really the biggest message for her was just to be. Just to be. And you're, uh, you're really tuning into that today as you're, you're talking about that because we, we do uh, give into our, our, it's easier when we give into, there's a, a mystery uh, aspect that's wanting to unravel and unfold before me and I'm, I'm giving into it. I'm, I'm giving in and I'm right here and uh, you know my address and bring it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a giving into the flow and uh, the greater intelligence of of spirit that we have to trust. You know, even when we're not seeing <laughs> the full picture, when we're too close to it to actually appreciate. Um, you know, sometimes when we get too close, we can't see the full picture. We got to take some distance and look from afar, and then we see all the pieces in, in the, on the board, and we, we, we're able to situate ourselves in a, a broader perspective of what is transpiring in our lives. And um, sometimes in the moment, that's difficult, but as time is the greatest medicine, and, and the distance, you know, allows us to have a broader angle of viewing of everything, and then we usually find with grace, you know, that all is meant to be. Yes, all is meant to be. And thank you, Charles, for your comments and, and Robert as well. We we appreciate them. And just uh, keep in mind, all of you that are tuning in on Facebook Live, we love it that you share our show uh, with your uh, audience because it really supports us and um, having all of these great people heard all over the globe. And we appreciate that. And also, if you have any questions that you would like to ask. We love that interaction, that's for sure. Um, Kalyani, um, and I want to tell everyone to go to your website, and I'm going to spell it. It's K-A-L-I-Y-A-N-I, K-A-L-I-Y-A-N-I.com. And, oh, my goodness, there's so much on there, and um, I think you'll, you'll see clearly that... Uh, Kaliani is uh, not only an incredible artist, but she is just uh, just a beautiful spirit. I mean, she just glows on the on the website, and you couldn't paintbrush that in. I'm just saying that's a natural, innate kind of energy. So, um, did you continue then after college? And uh, you referred to you took a break. You know when you had. Um, how many kids did you have? That's a question. What age are they now? And um, in that space, did you then pick up healing again? How how did that rebirth or that um, new way of life reveal itself to you again? Um, well, it wasn't until um, we separated. It was a crisis. It was a big, um, dramatic unfolding, and I felt... Um, um uh, that uh, in that moment i was um touched by grace there was a sense of um 
um, despair and defeat. And at the same time, I felt like uh, spirit held me in that moment. I felt um, called to my soul again and uh, in that moment of crisis because I prayed all my life. My mother was Catholic, and even though she didn't quite believe in the church as an institution, as an adult, because she read uh, books on uh, the, you know, the Holy Inquisition, and she became horrified. Even though she grew up in Western Europe, in Portugal, and amongst a, in a village amongst uh, many priests, there were like probably, I don't know, five to six priests in that village throughout her young life, and she confessed, and she did all the things that Christians did and Catholics did. But as an adult, she, she loved praying. She still believed in, in, in God and Jesus, and she was very close to her faith, but, and she, she taught us to pray. And that was the one thing we did, and we prayed a lot. Um, throughout my childhood, I, at least I, I continued to pray even into my adulthood. But through a period of my marriage, I had kind of uh, gotten busy as a mom, and I got caught up in the drama of being in the world, and um, I kind of left that, those things behind. And in that moment of crisis, I remembered, and I, I, I called home, and I said, I want this prayer that I remember hearing when I was a child. But it was not... a uh, traditionally Christian prayer. It was called a uh, prayer of Caritas, and it was a beautiful um, spiritual prayer that I heard from. I believe um, I don't remember which um, spiritual lineage. Maybe it was uh, the Cardicists, which I really loved uh, their books and their writings as well. And I wrote down the prayer. It was a three-page long handwritten prayer. And I, that was one that I had not done much as a child, but I had heard it and it impressed on me because it was so powerful and so beautiful. And it always stayed with me, but I didn't know it by heart. So I wrote it down and I, I said that prayer every morning before I put my foot down and, and every night before I went to sleep. And I did that for weeks until everything unfolded. The truth just got revealed to me. My whole life got shaken around and... Um, and it was uh, quite a shock, and uh, but it was necessary for me to be put into my path again. And then spirit in that moment kind of um, showed up to me in the form of a divine feminine presence, even though the prayer was uh, very much um, um, a prayer to the divine masculine. I would say Jesus probably was the presence in that prayer as the word Lord was there. And uh, nonetheless, I completely got flooded with dreams and visions and images of a feminine goddess. And I didn't know who she was. And I found out later through a series of different um, episodes. Uh, very interesting. I have to write this book eventually. But, um, you know, I found out that she was known as Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion. And she's like the Virgin Mary for the Asian, uh, the, the Eastern uh, world. You know, like she's very prominent in China and uh, in um, Thailand and um, lots of um, 
other Asian countries, uh, Japan. Uh, she's known as Kanon. And uh, so um, I didn't know why she appeared to me, but to this day I feel very guided to her. And uh, it led me into this journey of discovering this universe of the Divine Feminine. And I became very interested in it. And um, and then I went into uh, pursuing a master's in spiritual psychology. I had a degree in psychology from UCLA. And then I decided to go to University of Santa Monica here in California and attend this very unique program called Spiritual Psychology. And uh, during uh, the end of the first year, I had to write a living vision, which is like you go into a, a meditation of state or a prayer state and you you empty yourself and then you sit down and from that emptiness you write uh, about five pages long of a dissertation on um, if you could do anything and nothing was in the way, what what would you like to do and what would where would you see yourself in the next five or or ten years uh, what make you what would make you come alive in complete joy and creativity and doing your purpose what what would it be so what to my uh, surprise what came through was um, creating um, conscious media which is like in the form of films documentaries that enlighten that bring new ideas to the forefront that um, explore um, spirituality, psychology, um, love, health—you know, alternative ways of, alternative paths—and um, and maybe rediscovering um, our history, rediscovering uh, who we are, questioning um, old belief systems that don't serve us anymore. Whatever is is new, uh, things that are not spoken to in the news, you know. So I was fascinated with the idea of uh, digging the truth, basically, and and then uh, from that space divulging the truth or uh, alternatives to what we consider to be the truth. Um, so exploration of new ideas that are healing to to humanity, basically. So um, from at that time i was uh, in deep meditation i i was um practicing um a kriya a kriya meditation from self realization fellowship and the the work of paramahansa yogananda there was a beautiful temple here in the palisade there is a beautiful temple um and uh, i i started going there there's a beautiful lake with swans and gandhi's ashes are there actually in an urn and i was always very um I think I've been there. I think I have. Yeah, Lake Shrine, it's called Lake Shrine. And so I studied under uh, this um, beautiful uh, lineage for a while, and I was meditating a lot at that time. And during my meditations, I used to sit and offer myself in service to to the world, to the divine um, and, uh, you know, there was always a part of me that held back. I was like, yeah, I do want to be an instrument to, in service to the healing of our humanity and, and to the betterment uh, uh, of the world. And I would, I would ask Spirit to use me in whatever manner. But there was always that part that was like a little afraid. What if 
what they choose is not what I choose, right? That's a silly approach, uh, as if that was a possibility at all. But I did one day surrender completely, and I felt in my whole body a complete relaxed sense of peace as I offered myself because uh, it's something I did regularly at the end of my meditation. And uh, I felt on that day that everything, um, every part of my being had surrendered to that, trusting uh, that I could be completely used, that I, there was no part of me holding back. And it was very interesting because uh, soon after that, um, it's like, I like to say that the red carpet rolled and I was showered with opportunities. And all I had to do was say yes. And things that I had never done before appeared to me. And the first thing that appeared was an offer to create a documentary um, called Secrets of Love. And uh, it, it happened like uh, probably three or four months after I had written that um, Within six months, I would say, I don't know precisely, but of writing that living vision. And I had kind of forgotten about it, and I thought it was very odd that this person wanted me to help him do a documentary. I had no experience of that before. But he liked my writing, and he liked my approach to life and my spirituality, my insights. And and then I... Oh, I started, I, I, I said a joke, I said, listen, if you interview Marianne Williamson, <laughs> and then I, and you come with an, because he had an interview with Deepak Chopra, and uh, and he said, we can start here, and I said, okay, get it, and I said it jokingly, thinking he's not going to be able to, and he came back uh, two weekends later with an interview, not only with Marianne Williams, but John Gray and uh, Marcy Shimnoff, and and I was blown away, and I was, I'm a big fan of Marion. And uh, so I, I was like, okay, you got me. <laughs> what is the next step? So I helped. I was like a co-executive producer for Secrets of Love, and it was a beautiful journey. That's where I learned about how to create media, how to make a documentary. Then I took classes at UCLA and, and continued to deepen my understanding of it and it was like my initiation into it, and we released that in 2012. Um, and then I wanted to create a film about the Divine Feminine, and that's where the music came through. Um, uh, in between that and the music and this documentary for the Divine Feminine, I, um, I was working on another uh, project. I was a co-founder of a peace platform called Peace Link. And Peace Link Live was a show. We did a, ben- a, a benefit show. And uh, it was a beautiful year where a lot went into that. But there was one um, time where during that process I was supposed to go to India and I had to cancel my trip. And I had set everything aside. I had two weeks free. And then I had all this time in my hands. And I thought, what would I love to do now? And I said, oh, yeah, I would love to take this time to develop documentary on the divine family. And, and I had been doing a little research on the side on my free time. So that night I sat down and I, I, I sat in meditation and I got the, the download basically from spirit that I was supposed to create the music for it. And I had a lot of resistance. I said, how can I? Because the music is the soul. It's the, it's the feeling tone. It's the true communicator uh, to our spirit. It's so it's like a catalyst. It's a, a vehicle that transports you to the realm 
where you want uh, uh, the, the, to translate the, the emotions, the feeling, the, you know, whatever you're trying to show with pictures. If you ever watch a movie without music, it's so flat and the void oh, of it's, feelings. It's so flat. And also, um, you know, anything on, on TV, it's just, it, it, it's not the same at all. You're, you're so right. Well, when you, when you were getting these messages of, you know, that now it's time for music, did you feel that you had any musical gifts or had you tapped into them anywhere along the way? Because it, it seems it kind of unfolded um, somewhat uh, suddenly. I mean, what I find amazing about your path is you're just always, you know, you're going to the next thing, and if you feel you need more education or you need more guidance, I mean, it's, um, you really are committed, you know, to your own soul path, and I, I admire that a lot. It's, uh, Thank you. My cat goes off, as we would say, um, yeah. here in Florida. Um, but all that said, did you... Was, were you surprised that you were going to evolve from making documentaries to film, uh, to music? I was very surprised, and I was very resistant. And no, to answer your question, I didn't think of myself as particular. I didn't, you know, the only instrument I learned to play was uh, the Native American flute. It's a very intuitive instrument. You don't need to learn music for that. Yes. And uh, I... You know, I had uh, sung in karaoke with my family in the past or in the shower, but I didn't think I had any particular gifts. I had uh, an okay voice, I thought, but my goal was to just, uh, you know, I thought, well, maybe I can just um, have a composer write something. And, and I was getting this feeling of what needed to be made for this documentary. It was like a... You know, I had these um, ideas around what um, the feeling tone of the song would be, and it was very unique what was coming through. And I had some artists that inspired me. One of them is Lisa Gerard. Um, she's a very prolific uh, singer in, in her style, and she creates a lot of soundtracks for film. Um, and uh, I was very inspired by her music. I remember that. And I thought to myself, well... It's quite expensive to license music for film because I had gone through that experience before with Secrets of Love, and I knew that that had been a problem. And um, I thought to myself, well, I um, I think um, I can create something, and it would be, you know, a very beautiful, something special. And this way, I know that the songs, the music, would reveal the true. Uh, feeling tone of what was being created. So I, not very uh, long after that, I went to attend uh, a film release. Um, it was um, an opening to another documentary called The Three Magic Words that a friend of mine who had directed it uh, was in, and I was invited to the release of the film. And I went there and I met uh, Riz, Riz Story who is a dear friend now. And oh, yeah, I know Ritz. Uh, he's, a, he's a great filmmaker. I know him. You yes, do? I, yeah, I've done a... a um, I did a, a, a little reel, uh, a film reel, a speaking reel with him uh, through Dia 
through your publicist is also my publicist, the uh, Chandra Hunter. The oh, greatest fantastic. ever. I didn't she's know that. Greatest, she's the greatest ever. We can just yeah. go ahead and give a big mm-hmm. shout out for her. But yeah, and in addition to that, yes, it's a very small world. But mm-hmm. he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Yes. yes, exactly. And he's an extraordinary musician. Plays multiple multiple instruments. And so we sat down one day, and I told him what I had in mind. And um, he said, "Okay, just give me some examples of what you're looking for." And I did. And then we met. And I said, "It's important that I sit with you while you compose. Are you okay with that?" <clears throat> and I was hiring him. You know. So he said, no problem, you can definitely sit with me. And it was like this beautiful uh, confluence, you know, where he would um, try different notes and different things, and I would agree or disagree or suggest he would go in this direction or add this uh, instrument or that. And it was just a beautiful combination of our uh, minds together, our hearts, and and he's incredible, creative genius and and capacity as a composer and he created this soundtrack this um this instrumental track and he was pretty amazed with what he created with me and he said my gosh this is extraordinary what are you going to do with this and i said well i'm going to take it with me i'm going to spend time with it and i'm going to put vocals into it and he said have you ever sung before and i said "Mm, not professionally i don't sing now and he said well if you can't do it. He was a little incredulous. And I, if you can't sing to it, just let me know because I have a lot of artists that would love to sing to this. And I said, no problem. That would be great, actually. Thank you. So I went home and I took it with me. And every night before bedtime, I would, or whenever I had free time, I would just listen to the instrumental. And it was so full and busy. It was like so orchestral. It had so much into it. And I kept wondering, what could I put in here, you know, but it was moving me so deeply, like touching my soul. And one day I just sat down and I had my phone with me and I put it on recording mode and I started to vocalize to the sounds I was listening and the Muse Invocation was born. And I went back into the studio and I recorded it and and that's how the Muse Invocation was born. And, you know, it was interesting because it became such a powerful piece. It gained a life of its own. And I was sort of uh, surprised and a little bit uh, scared. <laughs> and I actually I didn't want to release it. I, it took me a year and a half or two after I recorded to actually release it on a soft launch because I still did not think I was a musician or a singer and I didn't identify myself that way. But friends that heard I had recorded would say, oh, can I listen, can I listen? And there was this very powerful um, transmission they would receive, and they would uh, a lot of times tear up or even cry. Like uh, a couple of instances, they were bawling their eyes out, like grabbing me or going like, oh, my God. You know, and and I was like, wow, there's something. And I remember not being able to listen to it without sitting down and closing my eyes. Otherwise, I would get dizzy, and I just would lose my my legs would get weak. I couldn't listen to Namu's Invocation uh, casually. (laughs) So I knew there was something powerful about it, and I I, I I didn't ever feel 
it was quite my making. In a sense, I think the feelings that I was feeling, this passion for the Divine Feminine, the way it touched my life, how it carried me through the hardest times of my life with serendipities and synchronicities and messages and dreams. I knew I was protected, I was held, and I, I felt the power of that presence and how it had been neglected by our consciousness in the last many thousands of years where we just focused on more of a, a masculine perspective of the divine, you know, which it's, it, it's you know, the divine doesn't have masculine or feminine, but in our world where we're human beings, we need to identify, right? It's been a part of our identity that's been sort of abandoned, you know, and, and actually vilified. A lot of our feminine heritage has carried a lot of guilt, you know, it's, the plight of Adam and Eve and all of that, and Eve being the fall of humanity, and you know, women being repressed, not being able to go to school for until like 1950s, women could not go to college. So I, I saw the integration of all these things and all the revelation. I got a clear picture of the world through different eyes, and I became um, a lot more understanding of our situation. And then there was this deep burning fire in my belly, I like to call, to share this voice with the world. Basically, it was a voice that was coming through me and the story of it. I, I was already ignited to explore the history of the Divine Feminine and, and what is the Divine Feminine and how many aspects are there to it. What is What, what else can we find out? So I went on a mythic exploration and uh, and uh, and what what inspired me was this myth of um, the oldest known civilization to mankind, which is the Sumerian civilization, where their creationary myth talks of a goddess who created the world, all beings under it, and all gods under it. It's like the divine mother in the Hinduist um, you know uh, faith. Uh, it's a supreme uh, goddess. <laughs> and it was so powerful, uh, that revelation. And it, it's what um, created this impulse and this voice to come out of me. So I think this, I hope this helps you understand. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, no doubt about it. It's such a beautiful, sacred story. And and one that's so important um, for those of us that are listening that are already into, you know, part of our purpose-driven life. It, it's just that inspiration, you know, that divine nudge, if you will. And for a number of people listening that are, I, I think a key word that you use um, when you were talking about, you know, the transition for you from, from doing the films to now you kept getting this uh, nudge to do music, I think the key point that you said is you kept resisting. And and that is, uh, a lot of times people do not understand that that is one area where, where pain comes from. I did not say that is the cause of all pain or, you know what I mean, I'm not making it a one-size-fits-all, but often in our humanity, pain is coming from our resistance to allowing the next natural step to occur. 
and um, that was very powerful, you know, what, what you said. And I, I do want to urge um, everyone to go online um, to Kaliana's uh, website. She has uh, tremendous photographs, videos. Um, her music is just, I've been, I was listening to it earlier, and it's just, it just puts you in a whole different, <laughs> a whole different place. You know, get ready to be taken over because it's going to put you to a higher realm of, um, of mm-hmm. consciousness, that's for sure. It's K-A-L-I-Y-A-N-I.com. So what would you say at, at this uh, time we have uh, just a two or three more minutes here, what would you say it would be some of the things that you feel um, that you're glad you know now? And, and looking back, um, what are you glad you know? What I'm glad I, I know is that in this process, I, I learned to trust in my heart to trust in what my heart tells me um, and to trust in what moves me, you know, what makes me come alive, to not judge it, to let go of preconceived ideas that sometimes are beliefs that were handed down to us and that we never questioned that are limiting our view of reality. And I also learned that we have immense talent and untapped potential that uh, a lot of us don't explore because we we are limited in thinking that we need a certificate, an authorization from outside. We need to be invited, or we need to have a degree for it. Or, and sometimes when we're passionate enough, those things are not necessary. And if you give it an opportunity, and if it is part of our purpose, and we are in alignment with our purpose, and it's coming from a place of sincerity and uh, innocent uh, desire to to do good, I I bet you <laughs> the universe will open the floodgates and just guide you because that's just the way it is. It's so I'm I'm very glad that I got to be challenged because it was a challenge at the time and I, it was scary and. Uh, you know, it, it is a process, but to just allow yourself to contemplate and say yes and try it and see how the universe will meet you. And when it meets you, it means you're, you're on the path when it's effortless. And this is pretty much how my life is. People say I'm an amazing manifester and how do I do all the things I do? And I like to say I don't really do them. You know, it's mostly grace. It's effortless. And a lot of things that have come to me ever since have been in that way. It's not effortful. It's effortless. And, um, you know, because I feel I am doing what I was meant to do, and I'm listening and I'm responding with courage. It It requires courage. And courage is not the absence of fear, as we have heard many times. Just uh, uh, making sure I emphasize that you still feel fear, but it is the ability to um, face it with courage and give it a chance and just walk through that door and do the best you can, and then spirit will meet you halfway. That's how how I feel it's been. 
for me. And I think it, it can be like that for everybody. I, I believe it can, too. I absolutely agree with you. Um, we were I was talking this week about the law of reciprocity, which sounds like a big fancy word, but basically at the same time the sun is reaching to the plant, the plant is reaching to the sun. Mm-hmm. And that's the same as, as mine and your path, and that's exactly what you're saying. Um, you're you're just accepting the next thing that unfolds on your path. You're not taking a bulldozer and making it happen. You're not. You don't have a bunch of people out there in the universe manipulating what's oh, going to. No. no, you're just um, allowing that grace to you know unfold and mm-hmm. and your willingness to say yes. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm a believer in in just being. Uh, listening in and following the path of least resistance. That's why when people say, so what's your next project? What are you doing? And sometimes I know and sometimes I don't. And my plans are very loose because I don't believe in making very solid plans. (laughs) I believe in following the path of least resistance and allow the universe to invite me. And that's how I try to live my life to the best of my ability. And so far it's it's been really graceful. And uh, for the most part, not that I don't have challenges, I have challenges, but for the most part, I know what the direction is very easily. It just shows up. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, yes. here it is. You know, As It has your name on it in, uh, in bold letters. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I did want to ask you, um, how many children do you have? I have four kids. You have four kids, and uh, what age is so I had a set of twins, so oh. one shot. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, that's beautiful, yes. And what ages are they? Well, my daughter's 27. My uh, twins are 18, and my young one, oh, my twins are 19, and my young one uh, is 18. So if I have, like, Irish triplets, you know, they were born <laughs> three kids oh, in, in two years. Yeah, there are three in diapers. Oh, well, so. they're, they're blessed to have such an incredible mother and such an open spirit. I mean, what a what a great model of, of life yeah. you are. And another another thing I learned is I also thought this was too late in my life to happen. But like my friends were saying, it's it's not about that. It's about what you can't keep to yourself because this needs to be shared. And I just had to, to do it and with, without any attachment. So it's something that came late in my life, but it was just there asking to be shared. And so another thing that was limiting is like, oh, I can't start this right now. And yes, you can. You can start anything, anytime, if it's coming from your heart and it's sincere and it's moving and it's, and it's being asked to be shared and people are wanting more of it. And it's like, okay. Then it's it's I have to get myself out of the way, my belief systems out of the way, you know whatever is limiting in my ability to to make the divine choice, you know because I feel it was divinely guided. So, so I would stand in the way if I held my old belief systems, you know. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, forget it. Oh no, I no, I can't do this. You know, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's this and that. I can't. I'm not a singer. Or, and these thoughts came through my mind, but eventually I let go. So that's a great lesson, and I think it is part of what I bring. It's part of my message, too. It's been built into 
Hokalieni. It's, it's not just the song or the transmission, it's the journey. It's the myth that I talk about. And Tears for Inanna, which is the last uh, track that was released, um, is also an offspring from the same Sumerian um, archetype. You know, it's uh, Inanna is a beautiful archetype um, uh, that is, uh, she was uh, an ancient Sumerian goddess that was the longest venerated for over 4,000 years, and people don't, don't know about it. It's part of history. It's actually part of um, a Middle Eastern history, actually. Um, so everyone, I want to urge you to, uh, to go to Kaliana and uh, to experience her and to get to know her beautiful gifts and her great music. I want to give a shout out to my friend Rick. It's good to see you. Give you, give you love. Um, thank all of you for listening. It always surprises me how quickly our time goes by. Um, it, it's it's always so moving to be with you and uh, significant. Also, um, if you love these kind of things, keep in mind we do spiritual trips, and you can find those on uh, templehaze.com. We're going to Nepal. We're going to Spain. Um, who knows? We might run into uh, Kaliana one of these days, or she <laughs> might be coming our way. I just want to say, um, as we're closing out, um, Kaliana, thank you for your grace. Um, you, you remind me a lot of uh, David Pramal and uh, that kind of energy, and I just you're just very special. And I mm-hmm. want to say thank you for saying yes, and, and uh, certainly to the show, but uh, to your life, thank you for saying yes, and thank you for mm-hmm. saying yes to to the energy of of what you bring. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. God bless you on this amazing journey that thank we you, call. Temple. Yes, thank you. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Have you ever 
never stop to think that before you can love anyone else or expect anyone to love you, you must first love yourself. If you're in the habit of putting yourself down, you may make it difficult for others to accept you. Why not choose instead to see yourself and others as God sees you? True self-esteem belongs to the one who looks in the mirror, not to criticize or admire, but to see past physical appearance into the essential child of God reflected there. The one who moves past fear and discomfort to look deeply and lovingly into his or her own eyes should be able to share that look of love fully with another. Accept the person you are, risk sharing yourself with others, and then watch how you grow. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY. Available, you pray the free prayer app from. Many of us have heard someone say, I've learned my lesson, I'll never do that again. All too rarely do we hear, That was a wonderful lesson. I'm glad it happened just the way it did, even though I was uncomfortable going through it. I now understand why I experienced the pain. With this new awareness, I can change my behavior so I won't make the same mistake in the future. We bear a good part of the responsibility for creating both the positive and the negative situations we experience in daily life. Wisdom comes from understanding the result of our choices and realizing that we can always choose differently. By fearlessly confronting the role you play and the experiences you may have judged as mistakes in your life, you can make future experiences fruitful and increase your wisdom. This Law of Life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.
Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.